Welcome to A Lawyer's Guide to the Galaxy, a podcast about geek culture by lawyers with your hosts, Ben Siders and Kurt Damon. Hey everybody, it's Ben, half of your Lawyer's Guide to the Galaxy podcasting duo. We are working hard to get some more content out to you before the end of the year, and the idea behind my little uh, short introduction here is to preview for you what to expect um, going into 2022 from us. So first, the reason for the long delay, uh, the computer that I use to edit and produce our episodes, such as uh, such as it is, uh, died on me. The um, best I can gather, the thermal paste for the graphics card is old and dried out and no longer functioning as a heatsink or a thermal transfer uh, element. And so the graphics card is overheating, and to prevent it from burning out, uh, it's just shutting itself off. Uh, so I guess my computer doesn't really crash so much as the video just stops working. That's a problem. Um, I have bought some more thermal paste, but I have not finished repairing it yet or trying to repair it. Um, and uh, But in the, in the meantime, I have managed to turn it on and uh, run the fans uh, strong enough uh, and long enough to pull the audio files off of it. So now I can uh, produce and finish our episodes on a different machine. So, uh, with that, that's all a fancy way of saying uh, we had more technical difficulties of a different nature from what we've had before, uh, which is why we've not been able to get any new content out to you over the last month or so. Those problems are, well, the problem's still there, but we've got to work around, and I will be uh, starting to push out some new content for you uh, in December. Uh, December is going to look a lot like uh, September, I believe it was, did, maybe October, uh, where we had um, a lot of different content. So here's what we have planned for the rest of the year and going into 2022. Um, first of all, uh, Kirk and I are planning to do at least one, maybe two more uh, traditional episodes this year where it's the two of us together. Um, we are aiming to do our annual Star Wars holiday special. For the rest of December, uh, Kirk and I are both going to produce some edamame episodes. Um, if you familiar with those. These are uh, single episodes where just Kirk and I are, are not uh, in the room together. Uh, we might both talk about a given topic, usually a more lightweight, uh, less legally centric topic. Uh, we both are, have a couple of those coming up. Uh, Kirk's got one he actually sent me to release around Halloween time, but I was not able to do that because of the aforementioned technical difficulties. I should also say I am driving right now while I record this, so if you hear a bunch of road noise in the background, uh, I apologize for that. Um, I'm just trying to multitask here. I've got a 45-minute drive to pick my daughter up from horse camp, and um, it's hard to find time when I'm by myself and I can record these, so I'm killing two birds with one stone here. So I apologize for uh, the background noise if that's coming through at all. Anyway, so here's what's coming up for Edamame episodes. Um, Kirk has his uh, Halloween episode, which is about uh, monsters and the role that monsters and villains play in film. I have not listened to it yet, but I have it. Um, that will be coming out first. Again, it was supposed to come out at Halloween time, but uh, couldn't I couldn't get it put together because my computer wasn't working. Um, I've also got um, a couple of Edamame episodes about uh, various other things that I have uh, seen since uh, we last spoke. Um, I'm doing one on Ghostbusters Afterlife, one on uh, my all-time favorite lawyer movie, uh, My Cousin Vinny, one on the new Dune movie, which I watch with my family. And depending on whether I can get through it or not, um, before the end of the year, I may try to do one on the uh, Foundation series. And then to open January, Kirk and I will do a Public Domain Day episode where we talk about major copyrighted works that are entering the public domain. And then after that, um, we, uh, we're going to 
redo the format of the show again. Uh, again, just based on sort of the ongoing reality of the pandemic, which continues to refuse to leave. We'll get into that. So, uh, in addition to ca- talking about the public domain works for our public domain episode in January, we will talk about the sort of revamped structure of this podcast for the 2022 season. So, in the meantime, uh, what's coming up now is Kirk's monster episode that I was supposed to send out six weeks ago and, and never got to. So, uh, here we go. Here's Kirk talking about monsters. Just pretend it's around Halloween time, and then we'll see you for the rest of our December content over the coming weeks. Hey all, it's me again. Uh, going to be alone in this one, back in my outdoor recording studio. Uh, I sit in my back patio and record these a lot of times, so occasionally you get the wind noise, bird noise, stuff like that. Um, it's starting to get to the point where it's a little bit cold, so I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to be able to use this. I may have to start moving inside here soon, but for today at least, uh, I got some you know good coffee, and it's uh, reasonable out here, so I'll go ahead and do a recording out here. So this edamame episode is one that just sort of struck me. Uh, This has nothing to do with law at all. It's a philosophical question, I guess, and for all the science fiction nerds that are out there. But my question, and I'll give you the background of this. So we went down to the lake um, a few weeks ago with the family. And one of the things my son had picked up uh, a few months ago, when it was actually during free comic book day, he had really wanted to buy something um, when we were in the comic book store and I was not opposed to that. And he really loves games. Um, He loves board games um, and, you know, games sort of generally. uh, We've started playing Warhammer 40,000 a little bit together. Uh, He's building the Necron army. (laughs) Um, Painting them is another issue entirely, but he's into uh, making the figures at least and building the figures. Uh, but he's uh, he's very into board games. Uh, we've done a number of games. I'm going to plug a local company, uh, Genius Games. He absolutely loves their games. Um, and so we've, you know, we play like everything they have. But we've also just picked up a few others. So when we were down at the, uh, the comic book shop, he decided he wanted to pick up another game. And so, again, I wasn't opposed to it, so I'm like, why don't you pick something out? Uh, the first thing he picked out was some, you know, gigantic miniatures game that was never going to be playable. The second thing he picked out, and the one we actually got, was Pandemic. Um, now, it's interesting because I happen to have bumped into Pandemic years ago. Um, back when I think it was one of the first cooperative games that really came out, and that was sort of a new thing to do cooperative games. Um, I usually do... Um, a sort of, you know, donation uh, for Christmas and winter holidays, uh, you know, for kids that don't otherwise get presents. And one of the things we donated at one year was Pandemic. It, we'd seen the game, thought it was interesting, the idea of it was being a cooperative game. Um, that The time we into that year had a lot of uh, siblings. And so it was one of those were like, hey, this is a game you can play, you know, basically on your own, but you can also play it, um, you know, with potentially a lot of siblings. It's cooperative, you know, might be a good choice uh, for something along those lines. So it's a game I'd seen for a lot of years and I'd thought about, I know people have talked about it given the current situation. Um, I'm recording this in late October. So, you know, 2021. So definitely we're still, you know, we have pandemic uh, still ongoing. Um, you know, maybe we're starting to see a, a light at the end of the tunnel. I think it's starting to fade a little bit out of sort of public consciousness, uh, but definitely still there. 
But we were playing Pandemic uh, over this week. The first time we played it. Uh, the first time we played it, we managed to lose by one card. Uh, we couldn't quite get the, the last Pandemic Night Out. We literally, it was as soon as the next turn started, we would have won. Uh, but we couldn't quite get to that next turn because we ran out of cards. Um, so anyway, we just lost. And the thing we lost against, appropriately enough, was the virus. However, it was ravaging uh, Europe and Asia as opposed to the, you know, the entire world. Um, but what I was thinking about was, you know, we did that. And it, it, the entire time I was playing it, I was like, you know... What's going to be the popularity of this game? Is this game going to be popular? Going to be more popular as we sort of, you know, come out of the current situation? Uh, Less popular, people are not going to want to deal with it. What are we going to see? Uh, At the same time, I started playing, um, as I was looking for a new video game, I started playing State of Survival. Um, which, for those of you who may or may not know, it's a strategy-based game. I call it a timer game, uh, primarily. Uh, I don't know if it's based on The Walking Dead, associated with The Walking Dead. It is definitely associated with The Walking Dead now. But, you know, it's your classic zombie survival game. Um, So I started playing that as well. And that's what struck me with this. So my philosophical question and what I wanted to sort of talk about in today's Edamame episode is what do we think COVID and the sort of current pandemic situation is going to do to post-apocalyptic science fiction? Um, And I raise that because this is, I think, a unique situation in that many virus science fiction, very many science fiction things are already based on viruses, um, particularly when it comes to sort of post-apocalyptic futures. We already see a lot of zombie movies that are now based on viruses. So here's the background I had for it. If you go back and you look sort of originally at, um, I'd say monster and horror movies, and again, this is also sort of fitting being as how it's just before Halloween here. Um, let's say Universal Monsters, you know, for example, you know, they were, they were supernatural. Um, what you had was oftentimes religious oriented, um, you know, for example, you know, vampires had essentially made a deal with the devil. Um, we knew about that, you know, that was how they, they gained their immortality, but also gained their their sort of horrible curse. Um, you know, the, obviously this is based upon some of the original, um, foundations, you know, for these type of monster things, you know, for, um, werewolves for, um, you know, Dracula and for vampires generally. Uh, We obviously had witches and sorcerers. Uh, We had sort of those, again, what I would call sort of religious-based science fiction monsters, and that that was the the monsters we had. So if we we go back, I'd say 100 years, and probably before that, the vast majority of our monsters, I would say, are based upon um, religion in some respects. Um, and again, it doesn't even have to be Christianity. Um, and there's a lot of pushes that uh, initial, you know, zombie was based, the zombies were based on uh, certain South American religions. Um, so, you know, the idea of the walking dead. So we had like a lot of, for lack of a term, better term, supernatural bases for our monster movies. Um, and I think at that point in time, a lot of our post-apocalypse, the idea of the world coming to an end really was monster based. Um, if we were going to do horror, we were going to do, you know, things that could potentially bring about the end of the world. Um, we had a lot of them based in supernatural and based particularly in sort of forms of religion. I would say that sort of being the the best thing. Now, that has not gone away. We obviously still have that in monster movies. We still have that uh, in post-apocalyptic future. But I'd say it's lessened. That's what we had. And what we have seen come from it is we've seen a little bit of the rise of the science um, based, uh, monster, Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein, uh, and Frankenstein's monster, I think being an early one, uh, without any question. Um, uh, but 
those are the kind of things that I think we've started to see more of. Now, much of that change, I think, arose because of fears. Um, I think if you were to somebody who was to analyze, you know, literature, and, and Ben's the, uh, the literature person here more so than I am, but the, I think we'd see, if we were to go back and look at it, we'd say that, you know, hey, global fears arose to a lot of our, our horror fiction um, and arose to a lot of our sort of post-apocalyptic fiction. So we saw as, as science became a little more pervasive, we saw the rise of science-based monsters, um, and things like that. But particularly when we talk about the sort of post-apocalyptic and the idea of these, you know, grand horror schemes, a lot of uh, what we would think of, I guess, as modern horror and science fiction arose out of the nuclear era. Um, and so we saw a lot of times nuclear testing, uh, nuclear detonations, uh, radiation being the source for many of our horror. And again, particularly focusing on the zombie genre, uh, if I remember correctly, and it's, it's been a long time since I saw the movie, even though I love it, the original Night of the Living Dead, uh, I believe the dead arise because of radiation. Um, I think that's what causes them. I can't remember if it's like a, a weird cosmic phenomenon uh, or if it's something that, that's human-based. But if I remember correctly, the idea is that they arise because of, of radiation reanimating them. Um, we obviously saw a huge outpouring in the 80s during the Cold War era of, you know, post-apocalyptic nuclear futures. Um, the, the most obvious one of these being Mad Max, um, you know, and I think that being in some sense the um, almost epitome uh, sort of post-apocalyptic movies uh, that existed at the time. It's obviously the one that's most made fun of. Uh, you see, like, Lego Movie 2. I mean, that's making fun of Mad Max. Uh, you know, I think you, you really had this idea that the apocalypse is caused by nuclear war. And and being a child of the 80s, that's something I really remember. You know, I remember with the idea that, you know, hey, there was going to be this, this nuclear winter, this post-apocalyptic... Um, future that was going to be, um, you know, caused because of nuclear war and we were all going to, you know, be, you know, living, uh, in, in this, you know, de- destroyed wasteland, uh, at least those of us that survived that would be caused by, by a nuclear war. Um, and so anyway, we had that, that was obviously arose out of the fears, the stuff that arose out of the nuclear era, out of the cold war era. Um, you know, and, and that being a sort of real key aspect of, of the post-apocalyptic future being, you know, sort of the nuclear, the nuclear war and the nuclear destruction. So what we were starting to see, and this is my comment, you know, with it, is we were starting to see the monster genre and the post-apocalyptic genre, I think, in many respects, starting to move more to the idea of viruses and pandemic. Um, and this is something that we were really starting to see, I think, you know, in sort of the, the late 90s, the end of the Cold War, but into definitely into the 2000s, you know, we have movies coming out like 28 Days Later, um, which, you know, is a classic zombie movie, except for the fact that the zombies, well, move fast, um, as opposed to being, you know, the shambling undead, um, and they're created by a virus, uh, the rage, um, you know, being the virus. And so they're, they're communicative by, you know, it's a bloodborne virus. You know, any connection to blood can basically uh, cause people to have an outbreak. Uh, that's an you know, important aspect of the movie uh, and components of it itself. So we see that, you know, that sort of coming into play. We see a lot of this idea that 
what we originally considered our classic monsters, our supernatural monsters, our monsters that were created by radiation, our monsters that were created by, um, you know, again, religious forces, now starting to be created by viruses. Um, a movie I talk about, you know, Underworld, uh, which I still think is actually a very good movie. I know a lot of people don't like it. Um, but the idea that both zombies and werewolves, uh, since they have different forms of viral infection, um, they're, you know, classic, um, you know, fears of the with silver uh, and stuff like that having to do with, you know, that being something which, which essentially kills off the infection. Uh, it's interesting, silver being a well-known antimicrobial is, a, you know, is an interesting effect to have sort of silver being involved in that way. Um, but yeah, we've started to see this, this sort of real rise of the virus base, particularly in the zombie genre. And again, I jump on this because I jump on it with State of Survival, um, you know, a zombie movie where, you know, you, you ruthlessly mow down the infected, um, you know, which are essentially people who have become infected. And I'm not all the way through the game yet, but I know there's a storyline ongoing and they seem to be starting to indicate in conjunction with the storyline that the infection may not have been something which was unleashed um, intentionally or with the intent of being dangerous. It may have actually been uh, something that was supposed to be beneficial. Um, but we've seen... You know, that kind of rise, we're starting to see, you know, the zombie genre based on it. Uh, we saw even in the 90s, you know, books and stuff starting to play around with this idea of viruses. Uh, I was a huge Dean Koontz fan uh, back in the 90s. Um, I mean, the thought is Midnight, uh, for those of you who have read that um, read that book. If you haven't, I would suggest that it is a good book. Um, but that being effectively a virus um, you know, it, it's, it's not so much a tra traditional virus, but that being the concept of what unleashes in midnight, um, we've really seen this rise, I guess, uh, up until now of the virus and the, the disease, so to speak, being the source of the post-apocalyptic future, being the source of the monster. And it's something that has continued all the way up until now. And so what my question is, is, are we going to continue to see that? Um, now that we have essentially some realization of the fears, um, we have the, the Cold War nuclear era that led to us using radiation having happened, are we going to actually see a rise in disease being the source of post-apocalyptic post future and uh, of monsters? Or are we going to see it fall because we're, we're kind of tired of it? Um, you know, we've experienced it. We don't want to deal with it anymore. Um, I really kind of wonder. And so this is, that's the purpose of this episode is just me musing on this idea of what are we going to see happen? Are we going to see that? Or are we going to see um, a new sort of specter arise? I mean, the, the one obvious thought is climate change, um, you know, environmental destruction. That's something that we have had a little bit of already starting to creep into our movies. Um, are we going to see something like that? Are we going to see something that sort of arises out of, you know, climate change, out of environmental disaster um, that, you know, creates our, our new post-apocalyptic future or our new monsters arise? Um, as we move away again from nuclear, as we move away from, uh, you know, sort of the, the supernatural. And actually one of the other to mention that we're now sort of, I think, moving away from is aliens as well. Um, definitely... Uh, you know, I remember in, in high school being, uh, you know, sort of fascinated with the concept of alien abductions. Um, I actually read the book Intruders. I don't know if you guys actually know that um, when I was in high school. It, it 
sort of profoundly creeped me out um, as to what it is. Nowadays, I, I sort of look back on it and it, it doesn't affect me to the same way. But at the time, you know, it's sort of a scientific explanation of uh, of aliens and the fact that there seemed to be some basis for them uh, was very, very creepy and, and somewhat scary to me. You know, now I look back at it and kind of wonder about, you know, the, the quality of the, the science and investigation that was in that book. I'm not sure anybody's heard of it um, in the modern era, but the, the the concept of you know dealing with those types of things as to you know what it was we had all those sort of specters. What are we going to see now? Are we going to see the pandemic arise? Are we going to see disease arise as as pretty much the dominant form, something we've already used, and we're going to see much more of it? Is it something we're going to see it fall uh, because we're just tired of it, and we're going to see something else arise? Again, my proposal is probably environmental destruction. Um, you know, we probably see a little bit, interestingly enough, that, that would harken back, I think, to the 80s. Uh, obviously, a lot of the, the post-nuclear future involved environmental destruction um, and, you know, the, the so-called nuclear winter that was going to arise after a nuclear war um, because the fact that, you know, nuclear war would not wipe out the world, would not kill all the population, uh, but it would result in massive environmental change that would essentially kill off uh, plants and animals and, and a lot of life and humans would be forced to survive uh, in this sort of, you know, wasteland that would exist. So anyway, that's my uh, that's my question. I'm going to sort of leave it uh, to everybody as an open question. I don't think I can answer it. Uh, we'll obviously see where it goes. But it's an episode I'm going to throw out there now. Um, you know, again, I think it's sort of appropriate at end of October 2021 to be thinking about what is the future of monsters? Um, and what are we going to see as the, the future of monsters in science fiction? And again, what are we going to see as the future of the sort of post-apocalyptic future? Which I guess I kind of look at the post-apocalypse as the end game of monsters. Um what are we? What are we going to see? Um, and are we going to see you know um, disease arise and continue to be dominant uh, as our source, or are we going to see people come up with new methodologies? So anyway, that does it for me uh, for this edamame episode. Hope you guys liked this one. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about this. I, this is a weird subject for us to talk about. Um, and so that's why I'm doing it as an edamame episode. Like I said, it has nothing to do with law. It doesn't even have a lot to do with science fiction, uh, but it does seem fitting, um, as a, as an around Halloween episode. So anyway, um, we'll, we'll see where we go from here. Uh, I know we have some great content planned, uh, for our together episodes. I have a couple more edamame episodes I wanted to talk about as well. Just a few other things that have been sort of bouncing around in my head that I think would be fun to put out there as episodes. So anyway, hopefully I will talk to you guys soon and I'll let, uh, Lauren play us out. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Lewis Rice LLC, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. This podcast was produced and recorded in St. Louis, Missouri. 